Hi, it's Michael Kerr here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, I interview a fellow small business owner or an expert, and they share their stories, their lived experiences, the wins and the losses, and their best advice to help you, the listener, get the most you can from your own business. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And thanks also to Kerr Capital, supporters of the show. Okay, so welcome to another edition of Small Business Banter Community Radio and Podcast. I'm really pleased to have Bill Lang with me today. Um, how are you going, Bill? Yeah, g'day, Mike. Thanks for uh, having us along, mate. Uh, it's terrific to have you on. You came on uh, early days in the podcast and the radio show. Um, you're here in your capacity as the Director of Small Business Australia, which is smallbusinessaustralia.org. We'll come to why we're chatting today, but it's fundamentally about the budget and the outlook for small businesses. I know you're, you're the founder and the, and the uh, chair of a number of businesses. Most of them I think you'd classify as small businesses. So you, you're deeply entrenched in small business, Harvard MBA, and um, you know a, a seasoned uh, small business owner. So um, do you want to give us just 30 seconds to a minute on, your, um, on your, the businesses that you're involved with? Yeah, well, I think, Mike, uh, look, you know, very quickly, you and I, you know, started one with Tony Vaccaro back in our university days. I think they call it now the food van industry. We called it Dr. Dog, but, you know, that the first one we dipped our toe in the water, you know, more than 30 years ago now we're selling uh, hot dogs, you know, from a couple of vans outside of nightclubs and pubs in Melbourne. But, look, more recently the businesses I'm involved with are, are all about helping business owners better use the internet, uh, better use digital tools, uh, to attract customers, to attract staff, to run their businesses efficiently. Sometimes they involve coaching, sometimes they involve advice, uh, sometimes they involve mentoring, and sometimes they actually involve some actual digital tools You know that we've developed to help the business owner build a high-performing team, get everyone on the same page, get them turning up, turned on and tuned in. And look, we've worked across now uh, many thousands of businesses across every imaginable industry. And uh, I'm very pleased to say across, uh, you know, each continent. So got a lot of experience in, in helping the, the movers and the shakers, the people that make it happen, the, the people listening to your show here, uh, you know, make good things happen in their businesses, for their employees, for their customers, you know, for themselves and for their families. Yeah. And, you know, you came out of that very much a small business family as well. Look, with smallbusinessaustralia.org, the, what's, what's the role of smallbusinessaustralia.org? Yeah, look, we, we play a few roles, Mike. One is we, uh, you know, every month, you know, conduct a fair bit of, you know, in-depth research with business owners across the country and then turn that into particular policy initiatives and requests and things that we call for governments at all three levels to do, whether it's making uh, the footpath available uh, and uh, public car parking space from local government for traders to trade uh, during the pandemic 
whether it's calling for the federal government to, you know, totally relax and protect small business owners from bankruptcy, you know, in the event that, uh, you know, COVID forces their business to close, uh, you know, whether it's through, you know, having more sensible incentives to get people to buy local and support local businesses. So that's the research and, and advocacy area. Now, then we have, uh, you know, very, very thankfully, as a result of our partnerships with some big corporates like Aussie Post and Telstra and NAB and others, um, you know, we operate the Buy Local Directory. So that enables now any small business in Australia to have a free listing and promote their business from the Small Business Australia website. So they just go to buylocal.smallbusinessaustralia.org and they can set up a profile, be more easily found, get better search results on Google, all those sorts of things. Then we have uh, very specific one-off coaching sessions on particular topics. There's about half a dozen of them. So people are able to uh, book those online, uh, pay to then have a session with a coach to explore a particular topic or an issue. And then the final uh, part of our offering is something called businessadvantage.online. So it is a dedicated premium service for business owners that want to be able to access coaches and advisors for short sessions on particular issues they're grappling with, grappling with or opportunities they're pursuing. Uh, if they want to be able to access some, some digestible, easy to understand and then use resources like videos and downloadable tools. Uh, another key area is the savings area. We have you know, almost $10,000 worth of savings on every imaginable key business expense that business owners spend money on. So we, we help them access some buying power. Uh, and then finally, we have live training. So every month, uh, we we focus uh, on a particular topic that's top of mind amongst Business Advantage members, uh, and they can interact then directly with the coaches, with the other business owners that we have involved uh, in the Business Advantage live training on a monthly basis. Yeah, there's there's a power of resources there. We'll 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 put links in the show notes. Um, what it says to me is. And we both, you know, work day to day with small business owners. They don't have time to do all this sort of stuff. That, you know, but you know, especially the last uh, couple of years have been so so tough. As I say, we'll put them up on the uh, show notes. Uh, what I want to cut through to now, Bill, is um, a take on the, the the federal budget of a week or two ago. Where where do you reckon that uh, is going to help our our small business owners? And and where do you think there were missed opportunities? Well, look, Mike, yeah, in, anything that, uh, you know, reduces taxes and puts uh, more of a person's uh, income in their pockets and able to be spent is good for small businesses across the country. Uh, you know, many small business owners are running quite small businesses. So getting a break on fuel tax, uh, you know, getting a, a few extra hundred dollars back to help with other costs of living, uh, that's all good news. That You know, that's going to directly help many, many smaller, smaller businesses. For those with a bit of money, uh, and are looking at uh, investing in more training, using some more digital tools, getting a slightly higher tax deduction, that's good news. You used to be able to get 100% of whatever you, what you spend on that stuff uh, off your tax. Now you're going to get 120%. So that's helpful for some of those businesses. Look, I, I think the, the, the biggest missed opportunity is really around the fact that during the pandemic, a whole bunch of Australians have been able to save a lot of money. There's a lot of small business owners have lost a lot of money. But there's a whole bunch of other Australians whose houses are worth more. They got pay rises, didn't impact their income. In fact, they save more money, $250 billion in extra savings in people's largely bank accounts. It, it would have been nice to see the government be more strategic and say, you know, how do we provide incentives for those people to spend that money with local businesses, to buy local? For example, up in Cairns, uh, 600 of the 
two and a half thousand tourism businesses there are still closed. It's yeah, staggering. So you know, how could we get more people to book holidays? Let's say through travel agents. Uh, go and stay overnight at least somewhere and get an extra incentive from the government to do it. So, you know, amplify the impact of providing some incentives to get people to spend more of their own money. That that would have been very strategic and very helpful, particularly for businesses involved in the visitor economy. So where where will that money end up? Uh, like, is it just, are people just so um, cautious at the moment it's going to sit in their bank for a while yet. I mean, because it, it's it's there's some real purchasing uh, power there, isn't there? Yeah. Look, I, look. There, there are some people that are uh, you, know, vic- you know still see things as being very uncertain, very concerned about COVID um, and what's around the corner, all those things. So they're very cautious. They might be more concerned now as a result of what is happening in Ukraine. Uh, they're seeing the cost of petrol go up. Interest rates are going up. It's not an if. It's just a when. Uh, so you know, keeping some money set aside, having a true rainy day account. I think is much more important now for many Australians than what it was two years ago. And I, I certainly remember, you know, ch- you know, conversations with my my grandparents, uh, you know, who'd lived through the Great Depression and, you know, becoming frugal, not wasting money, lived on for decades with those people. And I think we're going to see a proportion of the Australian population, you know, their their behaviour with respect to earning money, spending money, saving money has now changed for not just a two-year period, but potentially for a number of years. Yeah. So let, let's um, let, let's maybe move on to um, where, where you see the small business sector, you know, headed. The, the people that come onto this show and the small business owners I deal with, they're, they're go-getters. They'll deal with whatever the policy settings are or whatever the environment is. And, you know, it's been especially hard and there are some things they haven't been able to control. But do we, do we have a good sense, this, this is the polys I'm talking about and the, and the bureaucrats, do we have a good sense of what small business is and how important it really is? Yeah, that's a really good question, Mike. Like at Small Business Australia, we we say this whole sort of, you know, we keep hearing politicians talk about small businesses are the backbone of the economy and they employ all these people. And we sort of go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like that's a, just a motherhood statement. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's true. It is. But no one's getting up out of bed as a small business owner that I know and standing in front of the mirror Monday morning in the dark at 5.30 a.m. and going, geez, I feel great about myself and what I'm doing because I'm employing all these people and doing X, Y, and Z. So what is much more important to the many small business owners I know and much more important to Australia is that small business owners you find are the hearts and souls of their local communities. You go down to the cricket club, uh, who's, who's largely coaching the kids? Who's sponsoring the netball team? Uh, you know, you head down to the school, who's donating the prizes for the school trivia night uh, or, you know, the Christmas fair that's taking place for the school. You don't see the logos of the big companies. You don't necessarily see the executives of the big companies coaching the kids' cricket team. It's it's small business people and it's long been a concern of ours at Small Business Australia that, you know, big business gets looked after. Uh, a number of them have quite anti-competitive uh, you know, tactics They drive many, many small businesses out of town, you know, drive them out with very uneconomic approaches, and then local communities lose the core, the heart and the soul. So, um, you know, it's bigger than jobs and economic backbone. I think whenever you hear a politician say that, you know that they really do not understand what makes small business people tick, to be the leaders, to be the lifters in their local community. So therein lies a great opportunity, uh, you know, for all of them out there to 
truly understand what it's like out here. And we've seen through the pandemic that uh, most of them have demonstrated they don't really understand. No one's paid a bigger price in financial, emotional, mental health terms than many, many small business families. Yeah, the support, you know, it seemed to apply for some businesses as a, you know, pretty arbitrary lines. And it was, you know, terribly stressful for uh, for those owners and, and lots of them and still, you know, to this day. So you're right, they, you know, you know live in a, a regional area and, and they are absolutely the backbone. I, I think one of the one of the things that needs some thinking and some and some uh, analysis, <laughs> maybe the analysis is pretty straightforward. There are something like two point three or four million, what are termed small businesses in Australia. About from by my calcs, about sixty percent of those don't employ anybody. Uh, about thirty uh, percent employ between one and five, and and about ten percent uh, up to nineteen people. So, um, I th- does does that need to be you know looked at reclassified because you know th- those doing their own thing, not employing anybody, you know, a, a different beast to uh, a business with you know ten employees. I think a lot of thinking and analysis can be done, but but at the end of the day, if small business people and whether you're you know self employed, and I say well, we're all employed by our customers in reality, right? We're not self employed. Like if we're a member of you know, what I call the invoicing class, right? <laughs> You've had to send an invoice. Only today with one of my businesses, I'm chasing up an invoice with one of Australia's largest companies that's owned by the government. Like they're five months late. Mm. You know, if you've never sent an invoice out and then had to chase it up, you don't really understand what it's like to be in business for yourself and your family. Yep. You're not self-employed. You may not employ anybody, but you might have a bunch of contractors. You've probably got suppliers. So, so, so that, you know, they are businesses. You know, they need a website. They need a brand. They have to compete against many, many others. Increasingly, if what they deliver can be delivered, whether it's a service or a product, you know, via the internet, we're now competing with millions and millions of competitors, whereas before the internet came along, you know, your competition was just down the street from you, like you need to be able to go in there. So, you know, it's a much more competitive environment. It's much tougher. It's it's uh, incredibly difficult for, you know, uh, the one-person operation, particularly in this whole area of keeping up with the rate of change. Uh, a good example is like we spend a lot of time at Small Business Australia helping small business owners realise that um, when they hear all this stuff about apprentices, it actually also applies to white-collar-style businesses because a, a non-tradey apprentice is called a trainee. And they're not four-year programs. You can have a trainee for 12 months. And we've helped nearly 400 businesses access $32,000 from the federal government to employ and train employees that work in everything from customer service to uh, working in terms of inside retail stores, working in financial services practices, in administration. So, you know, whether it's one person or whether it's 19 now, you know, at the end of the day, the small business owner, you know, is the driver. Yeah, they're self-reliant. They're taking risks and, and, and that's fair enough. They get a reward. I just wanted to mention again that we're talking with Bill Lang from smallbusinessaustralia.org. Bill, um, when, when I talk to business owners at the minute, aside from the pandemic-related hangover issues or, or, or ongoing issues, there are two or three things, accessing staff and accessing credit. Um, do you have any any sense of um, where it's been really tough to to try well to want to borrow money at the moment, but 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 to, you know from from going back many many years, you know accessing credit to to build uh, good small businesses, bigger 
small businesses? Well, well I think if you've got collateral and good cash flow, there's always money available. So, that, so that's the first thing. And the, the traditional banking system works pretty well. There's some more innovative you know, players now like Judo Bank and others that will really understand more about the cash flow and potentially come up with a lend that you wouldn't necessarily see in the past from the more you know conservative, bigger banks. Of course, there's other forms of finance now around online finance to access to fund receivables uh, and, uh, and other sort of, you know, operating related assets as opposed to sort of fixed assets. One of the things that we've been quite critical of the government uh, with is that there are many business owners that want to borrow some more money but are not prepared to take greater risk with respect to guarantees and security. So the, government, the federal government comes out and says, we'll provide a 50% guarantee to the banks. The banks lend you the money. You're still up as the owner for the other 50%. And what we've been asking for is something like a HEX-style loan. So for those listeners of yours that have got kids that are, uh, you know, at university or recently been through university, you know, the, the government underpins the majority of the costs of going to university and the you know, graduate pays it back when their income gets to a certain level. So we've, we've been talking about what we call sort of the BRICS scheme, which is a business recovery you know, income contingent loan, BRIC. So when your revenue gets back to what it was before COVID, then let the business owner start paying back. And there are many businesses that are in that situation, Mike. We still have one in two whose revenues are below the revenues they were earning before the pandemic. So this pandemic is not over for the majority of small business operators out there. We've got a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, When... um Oh, the third one I was going to mention just a minute ago was the, this um, succession or exit planning. We, we do, you know, the two, three years down the line and, and those owners that were thinking about selling their business, you know, are just two or three years further down the line and it seems, you know, not a lot of confidence in uh, in, in buying businesses at the moment. Um, you got any thoughts on that? Do you, and, and do you think, you know, more could be done to encourage the leaving safe employment to get into a small business? It's a big step. Yeah, well, look, look, you know, again, Mike, the, uh, you know, small business owners, you know, and I'm, I'm one of them, we've all got our own way of doing things, the ways that work for us and the extent to which we want to change or not change and it all operates. But then sometimes it could be a major health crisis that happens. All of a sudden the business has to get sold. And sadly, the majority of them are well managed, you know, by the owners, but often won't work if the owner's not there. Uh, in fact, I'm interviewing Jim Penman from uh, the Jim's Group in a couple of weeks' time at, uh, at Small Business Australia around sort of practical lessons that he's got from all of his years now of having 4,000 small business owners work in his group across, you know, 30 different types of businesses and having some simple processes, having them documented so that someone can be trained in operating the business. Uh, that is the best way to have your business ready for sale. It's the best way to move to a form of semi-retirement, particularly if you can have someone managing the business. And in that scenario, when they can manage the business, they might be the natural owner of the business. And you might be the natural provider of some of the finance to that new owner because you understand the business and its predictability and you know the capability of the person who's been working for you that you're now going to help own it. And that happens in lots of professional services, medical services related businesses, but it could apply a lot more to a whole range of other businesses if the owners just invested some time, effort, uh, and some money to get a bit of help to, to get their business ready. No one sells their house without fixing it up, changing the furniture, taking photos, yet a lot of business owners find themselves forced to, sale the, forced to sell the business as is and, and actually you know, leaving a lot of money on the table. 
Yeah, it's it's really sad when that happens, and and they have left it too late. And the you know the older you get, the more likely something like that is to happen. So, as you said, to try to get to a point where the business is sellable, um, and you don't have to, you're not forced to sell. I think that's um, you know where where we should all aspire to. So you have a choice, uh, as you say, you may uh, you may you know turn it back by putting some management in but you know it's hard taking time out of a busy and and and, and stressful environment um i you know i personally would like to see you know i don't know where owning a small business you know sits in in terms of the pathway for um younger you know energetic founders but um buying a business um you know is something that i'd like to see more of but um in terms of uh just supporting business owners um it is lonely. Um, what, what's your what's your um, thoughts on how an owner listening in should deal with those stresses? And 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 what would you be saying to the the family and friends of you know owners who can be you know variously non communicative or you know just plainly stressed out? From my own experience and and the many business owners that I've worked with and and the many tens of thousands that we've conducted research with. Uh, we learn best from other business owners, so not from some highfalutin consultant that claims X, Y, and Z. We hear words like insights and we, God knows what they're talking about, uh, let alone SMEs. I don't know what an SME is, um, but that's, that's the language of big companies and managers and executives that have never actually had to send an invoice. Yeah, or chase that. And, yeah. and uh, who depended upon getting, getting paid for that invoice. So the best business advisors are other people in business. Uh, you know, many people believe the best way to learn is by making mistakes. That's not the case in business. The best way to learn is by learning from other people's mistakes. And that's what other business owners that might be a few years older, uh, maybe in different industries, uh, you, you can learn from them. There's a number of, you know, I think good groups around now that facilitate business owners getting together, you know, on a monthly basis to talk about a particular issue. You know, they charge a reasonable clip for it. You know, you've got to dedicate half a day or a day. So I think they're fairly helpful for business owners that are in a, you know, larger businesses and can and find that time. Uh, we certainly find it our, our business advantage our service where we have several hundred members that the ability to chat with a coach for 15 minutes uh, or rather than Googling stuff and getting drowned in search results. And, you know, I call it these days, it's the sort of the, the, the snake oil salesman of the uh, people peddling the digital notions, lotions and potions. It all looks good on the internet now. Anyone can look good. God knows where they are and what's real and they give you something for free and they kept sending, sending your emails and all the rest of it. The ability to actually ask someone say, oh, look, I've got this issue. Uh, where do you suggest I look for some help and being sent to something that can help you or someone suggested that you can actually chat with? Um, you know, that, again, is a way to, you know, you do need to speak with someone. Generally speaking, I've found female business owners are very good at communicating with each other and speaking with each other. And then generally speaking, i found most blokes aren't. Uh, and the blokes will blame the economy and won't talk about it. And they'll close up and clam up. It's very unhealthy. It's very stressful. You know, it, you know, having your head in the sand and sort of standing, talking proud uh, is is not the answer for business owners that need to talk to someone that can help them with their business. Yeah, I know it's hard for some people, but they need to. I, I totally agree with you that the best source of advice for an owner is from another owner who's um, who's been through it or is going through it. There's a lot of peer support and and there are networks that you pay for. There are informal networks. And if you don't have an informal network, start one. Um, but it's um, – and also, you know, there, there are some 
we, we've had on the show recently uh, Richard Shrapnel talking about how to deal with debt uncertainty and it's a really practical way to do it. And we've had a couple of times people talking from um, Beyond Blue Mental Health. So, you know, there there are those resources which you've just got to, you've, you know, it, it can be life-changing. So, um, look, we're coming up to the end, Bill. I, um, I know you're an entrepreneur at heart. You, you're involved in a lot of different things, but you, you know you're living and breathing small business. So, you as an owner, what what what's your routine, and what are the what are some of the things where you draw inspiration and support from? You know, on a on a week to week basis, because you know, you're like every you know like the other small business owners. I, I always fascinated as to what what you read, what you listen to, and how you go about your week. Yeah, Mike. Uh, you know, I think I've, I still suffer from uh, you know adult uh, attention deficit disorder. So. Uh, I've got multiple sources of information. I've been fortunate to live in a few different countries and, you know, study, you know, in America. So I've got a, a global network that are involved in any number of types of facets of sort of business and investment and enterprise. So they're a great resource uh, in their own right. I'll reach out to them when there are particular things that I'm grappling with or I've got a client who's trying to, say, into the U.S. market. And we all, and everyone has a personal network if they if they work hard enough to to map it and, and and put some time into it. Yeah. So personal networks. So that so that's for when there's you know something specific sort of crops up. Yeah. Uh, but look, most mornings I'm you know up and about at five or five thirty. Um, I'm always checking the news, particularly the print media, because uh, there'll often be something that's going to impact small business there. And uh, you know more often than not, there'll be a call from a journalist about it, wanting you know what's the point of view of Small Business Australia. So. There's always a chunk of, you know, what is the news of the day uh, here in Australia and in the capital city? So that is, uh, you know, sort of one key. Of course, things like the budget come up. We've got a federal election coming up, the state election in Victoria later in the year. Uh, so that type of news is quite pertinent for me with respect to that. Then we are doing research with business owners all the time. So at the moment, we're sitting down looking at what will our topics be for our next Business Advantage webinars. What are our members telling us is top of mind for them? Uh, you know, with respect to the industries they're in and what they're grappling with. So we then put together, uh, you know, a live training event that's going to address that with some people with the practical knowledge and skills to, you know, be able to, you know, share their perspectives. But look, that's pretty much it. And then during the day, you know, I'll probably check, you know, some of the online news sources a few times and it's shuffling between meetings, you know, dealing with the stuff that comes up that's got to be dealt with. And then, uh, you know, getting to bed nice and early most nights so I can get up early again the next morning. Yeah, you are you are yeah a morning person. So uh, that that's great. Look, again, we'll put some of those links up. Uh, that you're researching and talking to owners, you know, kind of adds a bit of gravitas to that, to what comes out as um, some of your resources. So thank you very much, Bill Lang from SmallBusinessAustralia.org. Uh, really appreciate your time, Bill, and and no doubt you'll be really busy coming up for um, various elections. So we look forward to seeing more about what you've got to say on small business. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business banter. I continue to be inspired bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. If you want to listen to any past episode, jump onto your podcast platform of choice and search small business banter. There you will find a diverse and fascinating collection of small business owners and experts openly discussing and sharing their experiences. For any of the links, resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact me, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And it would be great to have you tune in the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.